Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Future of XYZ. Um, we have a distinct privilege this week of hearing from Wei Chan, Dr. Wei Chan Chan, um, the Managing Director of the Consumer Goods Forum. Wei Chan, thank you so much for joining us on Future of XYZ. Hello, Lisa. Thank you very much for inviting me, and it's great to be on your, your, your program and uh, look forward to the discussion. Thank you. Well, we do too. I think, you know, anyone who listens to this show or knows me at all knows that the topic of the future of responsible growth is probably my biggest passion point. Um, and it's how I connected with the Consumer Goods Forum um, at, at the beginning of COVID, actually, and did some writing for you all. I, I mean, the Consumer Goods Forum, the entire purpose is really to connect over 400, you know, members, if you will, throughout the consumer goods and retail space and along that entire value chain to talk about how we drive responsible growth. Can, can we just talk about what is responsible growth? Well, I, I think responsible growth is, a, is, a, is obviously a, a, a terminology that's been used a, a lot these days, but essentially it's, it's about trying to do business in the right way. And how can you do business in the right way? You have to satisfy multiple stakeholders in this. In, in the old days, if you cycle back, I don't know, 20 years, or uh, you, know, you, you said that you went to India and I went, I went to a school in, in Boston, yeah, 20, whatever, I don't want to admit it, many, many, many years ago. Uh, and in that time, it was all about capitalism, right? And it's all about shareholder value. Uh, you know, the, the shareholder value, I worked at McKinsey, it's all about shareholder value, et cetera. And what, does, what do shareholders care about, at least at the time, right? Shareholders care a lot about the financial, you know, EPS, earnings per share, money, money, money. It's, it's basically about that, right? And it's essentially about the share price, yeah? And if the share price is bad, then, then, the, then the team gets ousted and, and changed around or strategy gets changed around. It's all about that. But I think what's happened in the last you know, few years or so, I don't know when it exactly it started to happen, but it's there's definitely been a, a, a change, I would say, in, in the way that people are looking at things now because you, know, you get investors who are looking for more responsible growth as, as, as you as you call it right you're also um, having uh, a bunch of consumers that want you to move in a certain direction you're also getting uh, the governments obviously want to make sure that you are doing good for not just your shareholders but for everybody else and then you get NGOs there's a whole bunch of stakeholders now and, and I guess consumers being a major one shareholders being another major one but also uh, employees within the companies right they all want to move in a certain direction and they're all basically saying it's not about one you know cruise missile that goes into a certain direction only and that's about you know, shareholder value, but it's also about balancing all these other things in, in mind. So I think uh, to, to answer your question, I, I think what's happened is over the last few years, uh, all of these uh, forces have created a perfect storm almost whereby, you know, you can imagine all these overlapping bubbles kind of bubbling away and pushing the company in the middle as a boat. And you've got to be able to navigate all of these different expected demands of you now and so therefore um it's not just about the shareholders it's about making sure that you look after the planet and look after your the indigenous people you look after uh, uh social issues as well which is the whole idea of you know esg and the sdg etc so i think that is also that's all pushed into the right direction where 
that is suddenly become the theme uh, that that's absolutely critical. So it's not about shareholder value; it's about responsible growth. It's funny because you you just mentioned. I mean, I I definitely came up with you know you, you're very humble to say that school in Boston, um, of course. But we all learned that shareholder value and cash is king. These are the two lessons that came out of business school, right? And I think the curriculum, fortunately, is starting to change. But you mentioned ESG, which of course is environmental social governance. We talk yeah. about CSR before that, which is corporate social responsibility. We talk about stakeholder capitalism. Now we talk about you know um, the U. And SDGs, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. I mean, there is a lot, there are a lot of parties who are involved now and getting involved. And yet there's still, you know, 20 years since I started operating in this space, there's still not exact consensus or definitions or one global governing party. I mean, who are the responsible parties involved? You talked about it a little bit. And what are their respective roles and responsibilities vis-a-vis you know, moving the needle um, on responsible growth? Yeah, this, this, that's a very difficult question to answer, actually, because, because you know, I, I came from the business world before, and, and now I'm obviously in, in, in uh, running the, the CGF, looking after the CGF. Um, and in, in the business world, it, you know, there are lots of different structures that are very, very absolutely crystal clear, at, at least from a strategy point of view and an execution point of view, as you do your your work, but in this particular er- arena, there are so many, you know, well, so many is the wrong word, but there are different competing standards, right? There are the big comp- different competing ideologies, uh, etc. And I think that all this confusion, uh, all, all these different ideas creates lots of confusion. So therefore, that's why there's no standardized definition of all these different things because it's still it's still evolving. I think you know, interestingly enough, if you cycle back, maybe. I don't know, 20 years ago, it wasn't just only carbon that was the currency, right? If you yeah. think 20 years ago, there's lots of other factors that were looked at as it relates to climate, but then everyone started to harmonize on carbon. Yeah. And so therefore you had, a, you had a unified currency and that currency was carbon. The currency in the business world in the old days was dollars or whatever currency you're in. Yeah, but, and, you know, and, and the, the currency in, in climate is carbon. And then the question becomes, the, what's the currency in, in um responsible growth and no one's developed that currency and that's why we don't have a clear definition and that's why people are scrambling to actually understand what it is but in terms of people that are responsible for doing it it's a combination of all different things though there's no i don't see any one person that's going to say right this is definition and i think that's that could be the problem as as i talked about earlier on you have uh shareholders so they're they're going to want a certain thing but they're also going to want the company to be disclosing um, its environmental footprint and and its non kind of financial disclosure, sustainability disclosures in a consistent way. Now, um, I, I know that there are many different bodies involved, but I think there's one that's called the ISSB, the International Sustainability Standards Board. Now, that's been formed to try to collate all of this together so that then when you start reading somebody's accounts, you look at their financials, return on equity, tick done. But then you look at the, the, the sustainability disclosures as well. And I think that will help because once you start combining those things together, then it becomes easier to say, you know, are you meeting your financial objectives and are you meeting your sustainability objectives? Now, what I do not know is how broad that sustainability me- those metrics are. Do they include social, th- how, how deeply do they include social things, et cetera? And, and, and can you compare them across the world? Because you know, in, in the finance world, you've got, you've got GAP, 
and then you've got the international i can't remember what it's called because yeah. too, too long ago if whatever it's called there's a <laughs> there's an international so there's us gap and there's yep. international yep. gap yeah right? so it's done so there's financial but then when we're doing sustainability reporting is there going to be one for the us and uh, one for the rest of the world or or is it going to be one for the developing world and one for the developed world? Well, it's such a fascinating topic. And I think actually, as we're recording this, the SEC just yesterday passed um, some, some, some standardization, but that's again, US Securities and Exchange Commission and, and, and CGF works across the world, really on, on driving, I guess, consumer goods, retailers, manufacturers, and others, as we talked about across the value chain to ensure better lives through better business, which really is about this responsible growth. You focus on sustainability, you focus on food safety, health, product data, transparency, and accuracy. I mean, these are major initiatives that came to light during COVID. I mean, I want to talk about the lessons we've learned, but you came out of the Asia-Pacific markets, McKinsey, Oliver Wyman, you've worked in dairy and other consumer goods. And then now you're based in Europe, you work across the world. You've, you've just talked about something really important of the role of governments of policy, of capital markets, but also these like differences between the regions or the developing and developed. Like, what have you seen in your incredible career um, that that gives you both hope and 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 also just the chaos of of trying to manage globally? Well, I mean, it's a very interesting question, Lisa. I mean, it, 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 the, the world is, by, by definition, which makes it a wonderful place, uh, very, very, very different, you know, and, and, and you know, people use the word uh, developing and developed, right? Um, and, but, but ultimately, you know, you have to think about the consumer. Uh, the consumer in, in, in the developing world um, is going to be very fundamentally different than the consumer in the developed world. The developed world, they've got more money. They've, they're safer in terms of their income streams. Um, they have a much um, easier life, as it were, right? They, they care much more about leisure, they care much more about education, care is the wrong word, but they spend probably much more on education and things like this. And, and, then and an get, abundance of choice. Yeah, in abundance of choice. And then you go to the developing world and, and you know, in the developing world, you, you get people who are, who care about getting food on their plate, who care about making sure their kids go to school. And this is, so, so the dynamic, of a, of a consumer and where they where and, and the pressures that they're under on a daily basis and the joys that they're under on a daily basis are fundamentally different and so therefore you can't expect somebody in a developing world to be able to behave from a financial point of view uh, when it comes to responsible growth in other words am i going to choose the product that's a bit more sustainable or am i going to choose the product that's cheaper for me because i have to feed my family and I think, you know, those things, and even in the Western world, you can argue that, you know, sometimes uh, people like to talk about sustainability, but when you have to put money behind it, are they willing to put money behind it? And the question is sometimes no, sometimes yes. Yeah. So it's a very difficult thing to do. But my, I guess my point is, uh, it, it, it paints a very uh, black and white picture, but, you know, the West is from the developing world is fundamentally different from the developed world. They're under different pressures. So therefore, the expectations of moving to a certain bar is going to be very very different so therefore i think we have to be cognizant that it is not is a heterogeneous place and that people are going to move at different rates there should be a, a direction that we're all going to go in but don't expect everybody to move in the same direction at the same time now uh, having having said all of this um i think the one of the, probably the amazing things is um i spend a lot of time working in china and in china they they take they, they take time to assimilate stuff and understand things but 
the one thing I learned uh, working with many multinationals in China is the word China speed. Now, uh, basically, China speed is warp speed. Yeah, and and you know, one year in China is five years everywhere else. I'm sorry, but it is right because you go through so much turmoil and growth, and and everything just changes in one year that you, that you might see in five years in the in the rest of the world. And and to me, that that's also a a good thing too because you know they're beginning to understand that the, the need to to focus on on carbon. They're beginning to understand sustainability, and they haven't done it's been a consumption economy for a very long time yeah. and, and now Xi Jinping has announced you know that, that they want to be carbon neutral by a certain period um, and even at Alibaba for example one of the biggest companies there who's also uh, one of my co-chairs uh, has announced that they're essentially joining race to zero when it comes to the, the, the and, and more and beyond actually and which so which is huge for yeah. a major econ and, and, and diversified which is, which you know, is, technology. Which is absolutely huge and, and my point is it was very quiet for, for a little bit and then all of a sudden bang it's done and and that's to me the the beauty of china you, you've got to and and that is and, and you can't ignore china because it's so big yeah and it, it really is a, no when no one wants to <laughs> and it's a big economy and so and the reason why i keep on focusing on that is because it's it's so big and important and so when they decide to do something they'll do it and so, and then, and they're deciding to do these things now, right? And and you know, they have all this. They also have a term uh, called common prosperity as well. So, and to me, if you use that word common prosperity, if you think about what that means, it's kind of like it, it's almost the same as uh, you know responsible growth, isn't it? Yeah. This is it's a similar kind of concept. Let's bring all the people up together at the same time. Let's look after ourselves, look after the, the environment around us, etc. Um, so, uh, so, so I guess my main point is. Very heterogeneous. Don't ex don't expect everybody to move in the same uh, in, in the same speeds. They won't, right? But do expect people to move in the same targets. Uh, and over time, you know, the, 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 some countries will shock us because of the speed at which they just move and, and be able to demonstrate what they can do. Well, I think it's so interesting because you, you know you talk about China speed, which is really interesting. Which is you know there there are many factors to your point that go into that, including the the access to capital, right, and 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 yep. government aid, and all these things, and and desire and appetite and all this. But there's all and labor accessibility, all those things, right? But there's something else that I think is really interesting about what you've just said, which is like it happens like this: you say it, right? It's quiet, quiet, quiet. Then you say it, then you do it, and it's done. And I think COVID, in some weird way was the world's kind of moment of reckoning and especially in consumer goods and retail which really was became the front lines of access to basics for the entire world right and the essential workers who actually stayed throughout that supply chain working right. what do you think i mean we can take some things away from the china speed example and we can also take some things away from the global covid experience yeah, in retail and cpg what do you see as being kind of like do you do you see it as a catalyst towards responsible growth do you see it as a hindrance i don't think so but like what what has covid done in the same way that like china's investments have done on the the warp speed well, that's a very very difficult question i think i think i think you know covid has as I think clearly changed the way that we work, right? Um, so, so I think that's point number one. And what does that mean? It's changed the way that we work, you know, because we, you know, look at you and I working from. Well, I'm I'm actually in the office, believe it or not, but but I guess you're you might be at home, right? I am. So we work from anywhere, you know. We can work in Barbados or wherever it's nice and sunny, right? So so it changes the way that we that we work, yeah. But it's also made us a lot more agile because to your point earlier on, 
um, the speed at which they were able to change around their supply chain just to get basic product back to people, you know, slim down the, the number of SKUs, slim down the number of choice that they have just to make sure that the, the essentials are there, uh, I think is absolutely commendable. So I think the way that we work is fundamentally uh, changed. Um, and so therefore, the, the, the agility that that creates may help us move more fast, move, move faster into the world of, of um, uh, responsible growth. The, the other thing I think that's changed it beyond just the, the kind of, I guess, the, um, uh, the, 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 the agility side is the, the, the way that people think about what they want in life now. Yes. Right? I think that's fundamentally changed too. So ultimately, we're all human beings, and human beings drive the world. Um, and so, uh, and 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 our views and desires and uh, expectations and aspirations and dreams drive where we want the world to be. And I think it's given us a big kick in the backside where we basically have to say, you know, what's important to me now, right? And and I think that's changed actually. What's important to me is maybe a bit more yin yang, a bit more balance between work and life, right? Uh, what's changed to me is I go spend more time with my children, not in my particular case, but I, you know, people might say I want to spend more time with my children. Not that I don't want to spend time with my children, but I, and I do, but it hasn't changed for me. Um, just to be clear. Um, so, so the way that your expectations everything change is 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 different now, right? What your expectation and, and I think people believe now. Um, there's a lot more of a social movement now, right? There's a lot more of equality uh, be, being desired. You know, people want equality, and, and people want uh, minorities to be respected in some way, right? All kinds of minorities. I think there is a groundswell of this, which is basically what am I saying? That's a second part to it, which is consumers, people are changing the way that they think about things, yeah. and I think the combination of um, the way that we work, the combination, and therefore the agility that and, and the, that that provides, the, the 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 way that we are thinking differently, and the expectations and, and designs that we have, I think those two pieces are actually, you know, almost almost I would say a um, a perfect storm to drive responsible growth forward. Yeah, and then you still got the capital markets which still want what they want, you know, etc. And I think you know this is this is this is what's happening in the world. I think it's that it's a it's a fundamental change. Um, I, I totally agree with you that it's a fundamental change. And I, I I think what's really interesting about the way that you've just so nicely structured these com they're not competing pressures. In fact, they are they are they are they are harmonizing factors that are going to put pressure on both governments and policymakers, as well as obviously the capital markets and and and, and privately held companies uh, and publicly traded companies to really change the way they do business. As as we look about look to wrap up, um, Wei Chan, I'm curious. I mean, the work that you guys are doing at Consumer Goods Forum covers a bunch of different things. But if you were to just leave listeners and viewers with, you know, kind of the major action steps that companies, especially in, in the space in which CGF operates, but in general, can take to pivot themselves towards this responsible growth model, what are like the major areas of impact that you that you would identify? Yeah, I mean, I mean firstly, th th there needs to be a mindset to, to move in this direction. You know? and, and, and that has to be driven by uh, the top, right? And it also has to be driven by consumers and it has to be driven by um, employees. So therefore, there's a catalyst for you to move into responsible growth. Uh, so that, that, that could be driven also by your shareholders too. So, so then there needs to be that 
fundamental guiding north star or force that pushes you off the edge right to do that so that's that's one thing uh, that's that's absolutely critical critical and then you need to figure out you need to carve up your operations and figure out where you can make a difference right um, and what is it that you're going to care about and similarly we've done the same thing so we care we care about many things but you know we can't do everything at the same time so we've focused on eight Eight, eight things now as it relates to responsible growth six of them are related to responsible growth so we've said plastics important so reducing plastics important so therefore what can we do there um, and so you, then it's a case of carving up your business figuring out you know which are the elements so for us it's plastic for us it's about human rights for us it's about um, food waste um, for us it's about living healthy healthy and sustainable lives so, so those are the main kind of areas that we that, that we um, look, are looking at. So a business would have to do the same thing. And then, and then ultimately, uh, it's about doing. It's not about saying. Uh, and, and as I have come on to this for, for the last couple of years, there's lots of people who, who hold forums. And, and maybe that's a bit unfortunate in our name that we're called a forum. But uh, to me, a forum is... Uh, at least uh, I'm not a Greek uh, or classicist, but you know, it's forums where people get to go and talk, right? Which is fine. But to me, I think of us as talking is the first part, then you do the plan, and then you do execute the plan, then you measure yourself against the plan. Against the plan. So I guess my main uh, thought here is uh, it's about action. It's not about thoughts and words, and it's about the actual action. So make sure that you focus on the action because we don't have very long to 2030, right? Uh, obviously, we have quite a few years to 2050, but we don't have very long to 2030. And you've got to take action and do stuff and implement now. Yep. If you don't, yep. then uh, you might be left behind as one of the companies that should have seen this um, groundswell coming and didn't. And then, you know, you could be one of the uh, companies that don't survive too well. Um, I, I can't I can't I can't leave one thing hanging that you just said is measuring success. How do we measure success of responsible growth? And I, I know it's complex, so I don't mean to open that can of worms, but how, how, like, what are the major things do you think that measures responsible growth success? Is it, is, is it financial gain still just with a people and planet emphasis? No, yeah, but, but the, the, well, the, the, there needs to be a financial part, but there needs to be a, um, you know, a sustainability. And how well are you progressing along the SDGs? Um, and maybe the SDGs is the is the good way of framing some of it. And maybe you decide that you don't choose all the SDGs. Maybe you you know you believe that certain of them are more important to you. And then it's a question of are you making progress along those SDGs? You know, uh, it, it, it's about social inclusion as well, right? And it, you know you've got to have more more uh, diverse people. I've, I've been to a few conferences recently. Uh, I'm not going to say where they're from or where they are, but uh, but I've been to a few conferences, and everybody in there is is. Is, a, is one color, right? There's obviously lots of women in there, which is good. So, so from a women point of gender point of view, that's progress. So, so that's fantastic. Take progress. Tick, that's tick, right? Or not tick, but you know, emerging. We're moving tick. on the line. But there's no, there's no. I'm the only person who's not white in the room. I'm sorry, but I, uh, it's not, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It really isn't. So, so, um, so to answer your question. Uh, I, there are some financial metrics and then maybe the SDGs could be a way of uh, picking a few and then monitoring the progress because you've got to measure it. Otherwise, if you don't measure it and, and don't make it transparent and don't make yourself and hold yourself accountable to it, nothing's going to get done. Wei-Chan, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, with your member groups, I think there's almost $5 trillion of revenue annually. 
uh, and over 10 million employees with another 90 million or so people across the value chain. So it's a transformative uh, organization as we move towards responsible growth. So thank you for sharing your perspective with us. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. I've really enjoyed the discussion and uh, look forward to hopefully meeting you sometime physically somewhere soon. I think I think I might be in Dublin for your guys' conference. So um, excellent, excellent, excellent. And yeah, by the way, you should all turn up to Dublin. We're having a big conference, so it's in June. So please come. Exactly, it's a summit, not a forum. Yes, it's a summit. It's a summit for and action. I, and and everyone watching and listening, if you don't already subscribe to Future of XYZ, make sure you do so on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and follow Future of XYZ on Instagram. And if you want to learn more about LVG and Co. or nominate yourself or someone you know as a future guest, visit future-of.xyz. Again, Wei Chen, thank you. And thank you, the Consumer Goods Forum. Uh, we'll talk again next week, everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to The Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.